Medium, Sorcerer, Spiritist, Enchanter, Magician, Witch. For centuries, these were the titles given to those with the highest esteem in early society. They had a connection to the unseen supernatural realm that many other humans craved. Displaying unique power and bestowed with incomprehensible knowledge and insight, these individuals were respected and highly regarded, even by nobility and those who rule over entire empires. Then this power was challenged. God sent Moses to Egypt to challenge the gods of Pharaoh and his sorcerers. The god of the Israelites humiliated the gods of Egypt and their servants. Then after he led his people across the Red Sea and to the Promised Land, God ordered that the Israelites not allow any mediums, witches, sorcerers, or any act of witchcraft in the land, for they were of the devil and evil. Thus, having the label of a medium, sorcerer, spiritist, enchanter, magician, and witch was flipped from being a badge of honor to a scarlet letter. And those who practiced witchcraft became enemies of God. Because of his power, those who embraced witchcraft hid themselves away. And over time, witchcraft became associated with old ladies that lived alone in the woods, making potions and cauldrons, more fairy tales than anything else. But is that the truth? Is witchcraft nothing more than a memory in old stories? Has it disappeared from the world? The answer to that is no. Witchcraft persists today and its practitioners can be those you never expect, or maybe even your fellow church members. Welcome to the Paradigm Switch, where we discuss issues that young believers in Christ face, and using our testimonies, failures, and struggles, along with scriptures from the Bible, we hope to give encouragement and solutions for these problems. I'm Alex. I'm Avon. Our world is changing, and each day it seems things are getting darker, but God's will for His children is to live as champions, not as those who are defeated. The Bible teaches, as someone thinks within himself, so is he. So being equipped with the proper mindset is critical. Therefore, we have to switch our thinking from our way to God's way. And on that note, join us in our discussion. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Paradigm Switch. I'm your host, Avon. I'm here with my co-host, Alex. Hey, everybody. And we are here to discuss another episode. And before we get into that, we just want to encourage everybody to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, like us, share it with your friends and family. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And let us know how we're doing. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Hopefully yeah. we're doing well. We're Hopefully. still new to it. We still are. <laughs> so give us your feedback and follow us and share it with your friends and family, your church friends, your church family, and maybe those not even in the church so that they can hear God's word get dissected. Yep. So let's dive into it. I've been excited to talk about this topic and our title is Modern Day Witchcraft, part one. And so I've been super excited to talk about this because I feel that a lot of people don't understand the dangers of witchcraft or the quote unquote power that that is behind it. So I'm excited for Christians today to get a deeper understanding on why Christians should stay away from witchcraft. So Alex, because I know he loves statistics, is going to read us a statistic about modern day witchcraft and how it's growing in our society yeah, today. It's it's the uh, it's the scientists in me. I just love going over the raw data. Uh, but here we are. So, in terms of what does modern day witchcraft look like, and is it still in the world today? The answer is yes. And so th there was a survey performed. Uh, between 1990 and 2008 by Trinity College in Connecticut. And it was published in 2018, the results of which can be found in the Christian Post. What this survey showed is that those associated with Wicca or paganism, which are heavily associated with practice of witchcraft, uh, the, the number of practitioners of these have been going up by a lot over the last couple of decades. So this study from Trinity College found that in 1990, there were an estimated 8,000 practicing Wiccans. And then in 2008, so this is in just less than 20 years, there were suddenly 340,000 wow. practitioners of, of Wiccans. Uh, and, and this, uh, by the way, in science would be a statistically significant increase. It's over tenfold. That's enormous. Also, in 2008, they found that there were 340,000 pagans uh, that identified themselves in living in the United States. Then uh, Pew Research Center, which is this well-known uh, survey firm, polling firm, very well-regarded, 
uh, it's looked into this issue in 2014 and discovered that 0.4% of the American population, which equated to about 1.25 million people, identified as either Wiccan or Pagan, and I assume that this trend continues, that the communities are continuing to experience significant growth today. Uh, so this is a very interesting, very, very interesting, uh, so because, you know, these, paganism especially, this is definitely associated with witchcraft. Now, before we were saying that witchcraft used to be a scarlet letter, and we're seeing that it's actually turning a reverse. It's becoming, once again, a badge of honor like it was back in early society. So our goal today is to examine witchcraft and its practices and define kind of what should be the Christian perspective when it comes to witches, witchcraft, and all those things of sorcery. Right. Yeah. So first, I mean, I just wanted to just say like, you know, in today's society, witches have become more of a popular thing. And I think it's, due to, it's due to media. Yeah. There's a um, lot of television shows, a lot of uh, games, video games, computer games. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of uh, different kinds of fantasy out there that, that help push witches to the forefront. We're going to talk about this more next week. What, you know, we both think of this. Uh, but certainly just this idea of witches becoming, you know, protagonists is climbing. And like you said, it's in our it's in our TV shows, not just for adults, but it's in our TV shows for kids. The kids think that witches are good and that, you know, it's a good thing. But God defined it when he came on the scene. He said this thing of witchcraft and becoming a witch or a sorcerer is not godly. It's no. not anything godly, and it's actually very dangerous. So we're going to get into why is witchcraft dangerous? Yeah. So let's, let's throw some definitions. Um, witchcraft is defined as rituals and practices that incorporate belief in magic that are associated, especially with neo-pagan traditions and religions. Now, you know, sometimes I think Webster Dictionary is not as clear as I would like it. So because this is our podcast, we have a little bit more freedom. And so and we I can look at this in a more Christian perspective as well. Exactly. So from my Christian background and looking at that definition, here's here's my own take on what witchcraft really is. Is the ritual or method of using supernatural influence and interference that is not from God to manipulate, intimidate, and dominate a person or situation? Now, how do you like my definition? I think that about summons it. Clearly, this is negative. Witchcraft mm -hmm. is negative. I mean, we already talked in the intro that God didn't want this, but there is a, clearly an, a, a negative connotation here. Uh, so let's explore that. Why, why did you arrive at this negative connotation or this definition? Well, there are several scriptures that say, one, that witchcraft is bad, and two, it is supernatural. It is coming from a outside of our realm in the physical. Uh, and when I say supernatural, I'm also meaning the spiritual realm, so I'm using that simultaneously. And it kind of just goes into why might a person even seek witchcraft in the first place? I feel like they're seeking witchcraft in the first place because they're looking for supernatural connection, supernatural yeah. intervention. I mean, um, based upon the Bible, God says we are spirits and spirits are from the spiritual realm living in a physical body. So it is natural for us to want to interact kind of like with our home realm or our, yeah. our home um, country or whatever yeah. you want to say, our home connection with the supernatural because we are supernatural living in a natural body. Yeah, we, and, and we definitely are always seeking this out and mm -hmm. hopefully we turn to God. That's the, that's exactly. The and so we're wanting that supernatural connection, but what makes it negative is the fact of where is that super connection, supernatural connection coming from? Right. And so just to finishing up, why am I a person um, seek out witchcraft is they're just looking for power, yeah. you know, and this power is not for positive reasons. It's for negative, selfish reasons that yes. some people are looking for um, this power. Now, what, what are your opinions on why people might seek out witchcraft? But I think you're you're right. I think a lot of people who seek this kind of thing out, they want to be special. They they want to have control. They want to be powerful. They want to stand out from others. And I mean, I don't think it's a question that people who go this route can have these powers. Mm -hmm. Witchcraft is a very real thing. Um, and, and yes, I also think you said we're, we're humans. We're always looking for that connection to the to the supernatural. We are meant to be in a relationship with God, but the people who who don't realize this or who don't want this perhaps turn to this other type of means to satisfy because this craving of the human soul. Yeah, because they have a void. Yes, you know, they're not they in connection with God. You know, now they're they, you know they need to connect somewhere, and so right. they go to more of the dark the side. Yeah. So, 
Um, now, witchcraft can be many things. You know, most people, when they hear witchcraft, they think, you know, being in black robes and... Yes, and the, the pointed hat and the, the... Sacrificing lambs or even human sacrifices. Yeah, the, the blood, the chicken blood, mm-hmm. the, the potions. And then they think, oh, Macbeth. Have you ever seen the Shakespeare, the Shakespeare play, ever read Macbeth? No. Double I, toil, toil and trouble. I have never. Oh, it's, uh, no, it's uh, the, cal- the cauldrons and the, and the witches and all, all of that. So I think that's what a lot of people think of. But it to, can be that. It, there are some people it, who it, it are in, involved in that darkness of witchcraft. It is. But it also takes much more subtle uh, appearances in today's society. Mm-hmm. And I think some examples of this, you know, communicating with dead spirits. Okay. Using Ouija board. Oh yeah, that's a that's a popular one. You know, there's even movies about it that people are using Ouija boards, and you see it on TV that it's just a normal thing yeah. to communicate with the dead. But there's power there. And another way that people communicate with the dead is doing different um, seances. Yes, having candle lights around them. You know, coming in a circle. I think I saw one show. They're like tapping each other on their fingertips and like chanting. Yeah. So different seances like that to communicate with the dead or to um, summon a familiar spirit. Yeah. Yep. Um, other examples of this, divination, using the tarot cards to see the future, or even using astrology. Even horoscopes, I think you can make an argument. Have you this. used uh, horoscopes before? I have absolutely not. I, I was taught to stay away from this stuff, and I have stayed away from this stuff. I, I don't, I, I mean, I feel like everyone has looked at horoscopes because everyone has that one friend who's really into horoscopes. Now, I have a couple of friends who are really into horoscopes, so apparently I'm a Gemini, as they say. I mean, I, I've looked at what sign I am. I am a Libra, mm-hmm. but I mean, I haven't read what this means for each day, which is what I think the actual horoscope yeah, is. So, yeah, so I don't, I don't interact with it. I don't believe that that tells my future. Another way that people um, look for or involved in divination is um, palm reading. Yes. I remember growing up, my mom was very... Um, Active that we don't get involved in any kind of palm reading because it looks like childish. Oh, let me look at your palms and you know just little subtle things like that. So other examples I think the witchcraft can take developing these potions and we talked about mm-hmm. the, the more classical the, the blood and all of that uh, or charms that grant you things that you wish for. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a case can be made. You know these gemstones that go around dependent on the neck. I, I think you know some people just wear them and they don't realize that mm-hmm. there could be power there. And this is a this is an example that it could be there. It's I think less connected maybe than the stuff we've talked about, um, but but there could be something there. Yeah, there could be something there. And what do you think like the goal of witchcraft is? Like uh, yeah, so like what's the goal at the end of the day of using it? I think again, it's to to impress your will upon the world. Okay, and so this can be used to intimidate dominate manipulate uh i suppose some people who are not aware may go into this with more benevolent intentions but as we will soon see this is not connected with anything Mm -hmm. benevolent and so exercising these powers in some for benevolent way i i think that's foolish it doesn't Mm -hmm. it does not turn out that way you know, um, just looking at these different things, I'm just thinking about, I have some friends who use tarot cards or, you know, who believe in horoscopes. They say, you know, it's just innocent fun just oh, to see, yeah. just to see what my future might hold or what, what, what's going to happen next Tuesday. You know, yeah. what, what, what would you be your response to that? People who think it's just innocent. Say, you might think that, but mm-hmm. the truth behind this is that there is power here. And you may, you know, maybe you're not knowingly, but mm-hmm. you're tapping into this mm-hmm. and this can have negative consequences. Mm-hmm. And I want to give, I want to give scriptural background that backs up what God says for the Christian, you know, okay. that of not supporting witchcraft or anything of the sort. Right. So this is where we determine that this is a bad thing. Yes, it is a bad thing. It is a bad thing. So the first scripture I'm going to read is coming from Deuteronomy 18.10. And the context of this is when the children of Israelite, Israelites are about to go into their promised land and God is laying out the life. He wants them to live in the land that he's giving them. Yeah. And he's saying that when I give you this land, this is the culture I want in the land. And he says in Deuteronomy 18.10, there should not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire or one who practices witchcraft or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, one who conjures spells, makes potions, or a medium or spiritist, or one who calls upon the dead, 
for all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God, for these nations which you will dispossess listened to soothsayers and diviners. Um, but as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed such for you. Well, it really doesn't get any more I black mean, and white than that. That's very clear right there on God's opinion yes. when it comes to soothsaying, magicians, witches, and everything under that umbrella. Yeah, that's yeah. a very bad thing. Uh, now, lest anybody think things changed after Jesus came. Okay. Let's uh, go to Galatians 5. This is Galatians uh, 5 is a, a letter Paul is writing to the believers in Galatians. And there are two things in chapter 5 that are worth noting. There are the fruits of the Spirit. So those are all the things that believers should be uh, showing in their lives. And then there are the acts of the flesh, which are the bad things that we should not be having uh, in our life. And in Galatians 5.20, some of the things of the flesh that are despised by God, idolatry and witchcraft. Okay. So there's witchcraft. And, and by the way, Paul goes on to say, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this do not inherit the kingdom of God. So we've seen both in... New Testament and Old Testament that God does not God does not have a good opinion of witchcraft no. or anything of those practices because also another scripture I just thought of the Bible says that God Jesus stays the same yesterday today and forever God's opinion of witchcraft practices is not going to change no. and God's opinion of it is that it is bad so yeah. we're going to define and examine why why is it bad that why is it bad to devil into magic or to devil into witchcraft? And so the first thing we need to define is understanding the spiritual realm. We can use both simultaneously the spiritual realm or the supernatural. There is two kingdoms or two sides, and there's only two sides right. to the spiritual realm. There is God's kingdom. Or as Alex has defined in his notes, the devil's playground. Yes. You think of this as, as Sagan's kingdom, but the devil's playground sounds yeah. cooler. Yeah. So we're gonna we're, there's God's kingdom, or the devil's playground, or the or the devil's kingdom. And so there's only two sides you can be on. And so we're going to define this supernatural power that you can tap into because witchcraft is nothing more than a method to tap into the supernatural to now have contact into the natural realm. Right. And it's the same thing that Christians are doing when we're praying. We're praying that God in the supernatural spiritual realm, may you have influence now here in the natural realm. But yeah. there's differences between a Christian praying and a witch summoning or doing rituals um, that they're performing. In, indeed. So this is what, what side of the supernatural divide are we are we? doing when we're praying versus when people are casting spells uh so let us talk first about the supernatural uh god's kingdom the supernatural realm that's god's kingdom so god's kingdom is good and we know this because in matthew five forty eight, it tells us that god is perfect his perfect nature and his power is thus perfect it is good and he only allows those who are in him to wield it Okay. So this means that you have got to be a follower of Jesus Christ, follower of God, in order to tap into this this good power. If you are tapping into some other kind of power using witchcraft, uh -huh. this is coming from the devil's playground. Okay, so let's let's define this because I like that you said that one God has power of you know available for the Christians. He does. You and know, no, some people yeah, might not think does. some people think, oh, witchcraft or these witches or whoever have power. The Christians have power too. It's a matter of learning how to access it. And I like that you said those who are in him and those who are obeying his rules. Right. So that I think that comes the problem. Because God is not going to allow you to operate in his power if you're not obeying the rules. No. That no, means you're going to have to stop the um, cussing. You're going to have to stop the fornication. Yeah. You're going to have to stop lying. You're going to have to stop stealing. And these are works of the flesh that are hard. Yeah, so going back to, to Galatians, there's a whole list of these things. We talked about the fornication, the debauchery, the witchcraft, also hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, mm -hmm. dissensions, envy, drunkenness, orgies. All these things. We cannot be doing this 
if we are to be in the Lord, and I, I just like Galatians, we talked about fruit of the Spirit. This is what Christians or, or people who are in the Lord who can call on God's power must uh, be demonstrating, and that is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no love. So if I want to, as a Christian, walk in the supernatural, that when I pray, you know, God's power is now coming into the physical realm, I need to walk in these things, like you said, love, joy, peace, and happiness, and that the other, the fruit of the spirit that's listed there. I can't be walking in hatred towards my brother. I can't be walking in unforgiveness. That cuts off the power chain from the supernatural to the physical on my behalf it does and so because i think some people are not willing to work towards um breaking those bad habits or those sinful habits they just turn to witchcraft because in witchcraft you know they let you you know you can be a liar you can steal you can manipulate and you can fornicate you can fornicate and do all sorts of orgies because you know in my in our research in this i found that in different kind of sects of sex of um, paganism and um, different kind of religions of like witchcraft back in the day, performing sexual acts was a form of rituals to get to have a supernatural God or, you know, demon to move on your behalf that you had to perform sexual acts, even on animals. Um, You had to, as we read earlier in Deuteronomy, you had to sacrifice a child. You would have to sacrifice your child and burn them in the fire. Yeah. And that, that is, that's not the only place in scripture that that is that is listed in there mm-hmm. there's a lot of places where the uh, children were burned for mm-hmm. idol worship and unfortunately it happened in Israel eventually mm-hmm. and so this goes back to saying why did God uh, not want this witchcraft going on well because he knew that it would lead to these kinds of terrible things mm-hmm. and burning children I mean the thing I you know we're defining the spiritual realm that yeah. there's God's power or God's kingdom and then there's the devil's playground and so to operate in God's kingdom you have to follow his rules to get his supernatural power to influence the natural realm right and so if you're not doing those things and if you're channeling something else you are bringing it from the devil's the devil's playground you know I wanted to mention um, I don't know about you but I like to read Christian fiction books Mm -hmm. and I just got through um, reading these books by Brian Gadawa he wrote this series called the Chronicles of the Nephilim and yeah. so we have to do an episode on the Nephilim. That's that's another controversy. This is not a plug for this book it's series, not. by the way. I don't We're know not him. being paid by these guys. No, I don't know him. Uh, but he's out there. I would love an autograph. Um, but anyways, <laughs> um, he was doing a background history that showed behind-the-scenes spiritual acts of the spiritual realm, the spiritual realm of Satan versus God and how it affected mankind. And I just wanted to bring up the part that he showed in one of his books is that when the Israelites had their land, you know, God wanted it where he was the only spiritual influence in that land. God wanted his power to be the only spiritual power in that land. He didn't want the demons. He didn't want any evil spirits or the devil having legal entrance in that land. And I remember one meeting that the evil spirits had with one another, the different false gods and the demons. They said, oh, I have entrance into the land of Israel, which is God's land, because they are practicing witchcraft and have idols and have different um, astral asterisk poles. So that oh, gave them, poles, yeah, yeah, that gave those demons legal rights to now come into God's land and God's territory. So I thought that was a good analogy uh, to think about that when you are dabbling into witchcraft, you are now allowing evil spirits to now have legal influence where you are he's you know legal inference in your home legal inference you know that can affect your children affect your family all that kind of stuff and that's what god was trying to keep out of the land of israel so but this is fiction so let's just say this so it is a person's uh ideas of this going on but they are rooted in scripture and i want to talk about two places where, where this occurs so you talked about letting demons into places right by committing these sin sinful behaviors witchcraft uh possession demonic possession so this is when an individual commits these uh, witchcraft or, mm-hmm. or other kinds of demonic kind of behavior and they open themselves up to demons coming into them so this isn't just some strange thing thought up for fiction book this this happens yeah this can happen um 
And the other thing that can happen in terms of demons having control over physical land, that I think is illustrated very well in Daniel 10. So the context of this Daniel 10 is that Daniel is not, uh, he, he has a vision, he doesn't understand it, and he's praying and he's fasting and just crying out to God for help. God's not answer, seemingly not answering uh, to help Daniel interpret this vision. And then weeks later, three weeks later, I think it was, Daniel finally got a message from God in the form of an angel. And the angel says in Daniel 10, verse 12, Do not be afraid, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. At risk of going a little bit more into theology than we usually do on this show. Uh The prince of Persia is a demonic entity that has control over this geographic region. And then later in Daniel, the angel, after he interprets this vision for Daniel, says, now I'm going to have to go back and fight the prince of Greece in Mm -hmm. order to get back to God. So this tells us, you know, Persia's a place. It was a country. Greece is a place. That is a country. The demons considered it them theirs. Their territory. Yeah. So so this idea of the book where you can have demons come into your land, that's true. And for those who might be saying, you know, wait, are demons real or the devil is real? You have to go back to our last episode where we talked about the devil being real and his minions being real. So go back to the last episode and if you missed it, check that out and see how we lay down the case that the devil is real. Yep. And so that's that's the that's understanding that here that's a small summary of understanding the supernatural realm and something i want to touch upon and say i remember when i was doing my research for this um god really put in a you know i'm good with analogies i feel like god helps me to put analogies put it in simple terms you know in america that we have in our customs like doing different mannerisms um like thumbs up right um you know in america that's viewed as you know good job you know right you know, something positive. In other countries, a thumbs up is a sign of superiority or a kind of mocking somebody. Uh-huh. So, and then another thing that we do in America is, you know, having your hands in your pocket. You know, yeah. we just, some people just walk around with their hands in their pocket. I know sure. I do. Yeah, I do other, too. Other countries, if you have your hands in the pocket and walk around like that, that's kind of showing like, I am rich or I have a superior attitude. It's showing off your attitude. Uh-huh. Now, that's just mindless you know, mindless little behavior, activity yeah. behavior, but it has significant meaning in other places. And the same thing that comes about with these different um, acts of witchcraft or expressions of witchcraft, like a Ouija board and tarot cards and horoscopes and different things like calling um, Bloody Mary in the in the mirror. Yeah, that's not. Good. I mean, uh, I would I would stay away from that too. Um, but just doing these simple things that we think are innocent, that we think are playful, yet yeah, to you, it might not have significant meaning, but in the spiritual realm, it does. Yeah. It does have significant meaning. And so you, us as believers, we need to be careful that we are not doing things that are summoning or um, raising a flag in the spiritual realm to bring about the wrong spiritual um, involvement. I agree. I agree. So I, I feel like Christians, you know, there's people out there who might think, you know, these things are innocent and, you know, we're being too dramatic or no. <laughs> being too yeah. cautious. But it's serious that there is a spiritual war out there and there are spirits out there that are against you. There and are. you cannot open a door and give them an opportunity to wreak havoc in your life. The Bible says that the devil roams around seeking whom he can devour. devour. Yeah. And and we talked about that last week. And we did. And so if you're walking around here with ignorance, not knowing that these different expressions or acts of witchcraft is dangerous, you can get devoured. Yeah, I I like that example. I think that's a really great uh, metaphor for for this. Uh, People don't know. And so this spiritual stuff goes on in the background. So it's important that believers... We gotta, we gotta know. We gotta be careful. And it's under, and it's important to understand. You know, the Bible is a book about the spiritual realm, and so yeah. we, you know, it's easy just to read the Bible and take it as surface face, but no, not understanding that it's talking about spiritual matters and things behind yeah. the scenes. Now, some people might question. Okay, so you have God's um, 
power. You have Satan's power. So which is stronger? Oh, okay. So people might ask this. Okay. So some people might say, oh, well, okay, maybe God's powerful, but Satan might be more powerful. Mm-hmm. Is, is that true? No, because obviously God is the creator of the universe, so that doesn't make sense. And for me, the biggest example of this, the biggest example of this is the story of Moses versus the magicians. Ah, now, yes. I think I'm very interesting because I have a really interesting way on seeing the Bible. And so I see this as Moses is like, you know, here's God. Moses as a superhero. God's coming on the scene because you have to understand the context of this time period. Yes, God was here and alive. But in this time of man's history, man has fallen. Yeah. Man has turned over to false gods and they are involved in witchcraft and sorcery in the devil's camp because they have severed the relationship with God because of the fall of Adam. Yes. So here they are. Mankind is in darkness. Mankind is in darkness and they don't have a connection to the spiritual realm except through witchcraft, which is to the evil spirits. Right. And so God now it has been working with Abraham and you know the children of Israel, which is Abraham's descendants, are now slaves in Egypt. Right. And so God sends Moses and says, we're going to have a showdown. And, you know, they have their gods and their power. So now here you are going to represent me, the true God with true power. And we're going to, you know, it's going to be who is the stronger one. And so, I mean, I'm not going to go through all the 10 plagues, but I'm going to go through the first meeting of when he turns the staff into a serpent. So this is coming from Exodus 7, 8 through 13. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, when Pharaoh speaks to you saying, show a miracle for yourselves, then you shall say to Aaron, take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh and let it become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron went to went into Pharaoh and they did so just as the Lord commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh, just before his servants, and it became a serpent. But Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers. So the magicians of Egypt they also did in the like manner with their enchantment. For every man threw down his rod and there and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods, but and Pharaoh's heart grew hard, and he did not heed them as the Lord had said. So let's dissect this battle. Well there there's the answer. Is God or Satan stronger and God won? God won that battle because here it is, he was outnumbered. He was he, the snake was outnumbered. Um, God only had one and the serpents of the magicians were two. And I wish I could have seen that. That would have been an awesome sight to see that the snake battled and won against two snakes and gobbled them up. Yes. So, and let's let's dissect dissect this. So the magicians had power? They did have power, but it wasn't God's power. Mm -hmm. It was power from the devil's playground Mm -hmm. because they were in opposition to God. And they received their power. The Bible doesn't go into detail, but they received their power, as it says, through their enchantments or their secret arts. That's that's an expression that's used in the Bible a lot, um, their secret arts. Now, I don't know what the secret arts are involved in. I don't know if it was involving rubbing apples together and throwing blood in the air. I mean, I don't know what was involved in it, but it was enough where it pleased the evil spirits behind the scene to cause this their staffs to become snakes. Yeah. And we see the simplicity as Moses' power. Um, Moses was able to turn his staff into a serpent by simply just obeying God. Right. So there's the difference between, like you said earlier, that God's power for the Christian is received by simple obedience. Yes. And But the magicians or the sorcerers or witches, however you want to title them, they receive it by doing their enchantments or doing whatever acts is required of them through the evil spirits. Yeah. So we see in this example right there that God's power is the dominant one. And there's several examples in the Bible there are that shows it. We should continue on with Exodus, right? Because this was not the last battle between okay. the sorcerers of Egypt and, and Moses and God. So the next thing that happened is Moses turned the Nile River into blood through God's power, but the sorcerers did that too. They did the same thing. And then God uh, summoned the frogs through Moses, the sorcerers did that too. Yeah. And then there were the locusts Mm -hmm. and the sorcerers could not do that. Yep. Their power was limited, but God's power was limitless. Yep. And God was able to show that you might have some power, but in the end of the day, you, me, God um, has power. God has the ultimate power. 
And that should bring comfort to the Christians. Like, I just don't get why, you know, anyone would turn to the witchcraft. Like, we spoke about earlier about the devil. Why would you turn to the devil when he's the loser? Yeah. Yeah. Why would you turn to the devil when he's the loser? There are so many proven things in scripture where God has proven himself to be the victor in every situation, in every battle. And so... God text, you know, talks about it all throughout scripture saying, why would you turn to your false God? Why would you turn to charms and turn right. to this when I'm the one who will give you these things? I will tell you about the future. Yeah. Ask me and I will tell you what you need to know. If you need insight, you know, we're living in the day with coronavirus is so, you know, people don't know what's going to happen with it. Is it going to come back? Is it going to be worse? Am I going to have a job? And so people can easily get into fear and turn to a psychic or turn to divination yeah. or turn to some kind of charm to protect themselves. You don't need any of that. No. Christians don't need any of that. No, we, we have don't. the protection of God on our side where we don't need any of that. So no. we better not turn to that dark side. No. And it's almost like by turning to these things, you are putting Satan before God. Mm. And, and of course, this is, uh, this is against the Ten Commandments, right? That tell us we shall have no other gods but God. And I liked... Something you said earlier. I'm gonna steal it now. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> at least you quoted it. So so in the United States, if you are a citizen of the United States and, and then you decide that you're going to turn to another nation, that's called a traitor. Yeah. Right? You're a traitor. Treason. Okay. Treason. Treason. This does not go well. Yeah. This does not go well to people. They at minimum are gonna go to prison for the rest of their lives. It's the same thing. You could think of it as it's God's kingdom. You're a citizen of God's kingdom as a believer, and here you are using the dark arts from the devil. You are serving you're you know, letting the devil do things. That's you're getting intel from the enemy. It's treason. That's treason and it's not it's not gonna go well for you. No, it's and not. at the end of you know, even if that, you know, scenario that you just used in real life. The person who's being a traitor, it's not going to end well. No. It's not going to end well. It might go fine for a while. It looks like, oh, man, you know, I'm playing both sides. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's going to get busted. Yeah. The uh, the pleasures of sin are good for a season. Mm-hmm. And then the consequences that are often ugly yeah. set in. Um, now, we have talked about, I think at this point, we have established witchcraft is bad. And mm-hmm. that Christians have absolutely no business being a part of this. And yet somehow I find myself astonished to see <laughs> that there is today the rise of so-called Christian witchcraft. Now that's not, no, Christian witches. Christian witches, Christian witchcraft. I, to me, this is up there with, I mean, we talked about this last time. The devil doesn't exist. And so how many people believe this? And now here we are. Here's another one that blows my mind. Christians <laughs> and witches, calling themselves witches. Uh-huh. Oh my goodness. You know... This is reminding me, I will not say the name, but there is a certain reality star TV person. And I remember a long time ago, her mother was like singing in the church and was like praising God in the church. And then the very next episode, she is having tarot cards. She is like channeling um, familiar spirits, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, wait, are you a Christian or are you a witch? Well, it seems like nowadays... They are merging the two together that you can just call yourself a Christian witch. Yes. So this is documented in the Christian Post. Okay. Can you kind of give us a little background on um, this Christian witch phenomenon? Uh, yeah. So there is a, a certain group of individuals who are saying that Christ followers can practice witchcraft uh, despite. despite biblical warnings. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So it says in despite... Meaning that there are biblical warnings there, but we just want to ignore it. We're ignore this. This is not this is not a good idea. So here we go. This is Christian Post article came out on Friday, October the nineteenth of two thousand eighteen, and despite biblical warnings against the practice of witchcraft, the Reverend she's a Reverend, okay, Valerie. We say Love, that in quotations. We, we do. That. I'm making quotation marks with my fingers. Uh-huh. The Reverend Valerie Love describes herself as a practicing Christian witch and an ordained minister of spiritual consciousness and insists that there is nothing wrong with Christians being witches and has recently, get this, launched a school to help Christians tap into magic for the great price of up to $50,000. Oh, so she's getting paid. (laughs) She's she's getting some money. She's getting paid for this. This is ridiculous to me because we, we don't have time to dissect the quote-unquote new theology that she's bringing up but one of the things i wanted to say when i was doing research into 
on her website, one of the things she brought up was saying that I don't take the Bible literally and I think the Bible is this. And when I think the Bible is this, I don't care about what you think. What is the Bible? Right. It's not about what your opinion is. You know, when you stand before God, God is not going to ask you how you thought, like no. how you thought no. and what you feel. No, he's going to say, not. what did I say? Yeah. That is what he's going to say. He's like, I don't care what you thought. I don't care what you, what your opinion is. What did I say? And if I have said no witchcraft, and Daddy should said, not be doing no, no witchcraft, witchcraft yeah, you no. know, and I know we all sin and we all mess up, but it is a dangerous thing to lead other believers down a dark hole of doing wrong and then not only doing wrong, but to call it right. That oh, is that so is, dangerous. Yeah, that is that is really awful. You know how they justify this? Though? How do they justify and it? They say that magic is in the Bible. Okay. That, that God used magic. So this this is how they're justifying blending witchcraft and Christian Christianity together. It's the idea that God uses magic, and I mean, there's a long list of things that the the this uh, ideology uses as examples. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire, mm -hmm. you know, that's magic because they didn't die. Uh, Daniel thrown into the lions. Then they say that's magic because he didn't get eaten. And uh, Jonah, who got swallowed up by the whale, didn't die. Apparently, that's magic, too. Mm -hmm. So we have already determined there is the supernatural power of God. Yeah. And there is the evil power from the devil's playground. All of these things. Uh, but we'll, t we'll talk with Daniel first. Daniel, okay? He, he was a godly man. He, he was praying. He, was, he got enthroned in the lion's den because he refused to quit praying to God when there was a law that said, you know, worship the king instead. This is not a man who is engaging in dark arts with yeah. Satan to survive the lion's den. No, he didn't summon some potions that, you know, made lions repel it to him. The Bible says that didn't that God, God sent an angel to shut, shut the mouths, mouths of, the, of the, lions. the lions. God had a legal obligation to take care of Daniel like uh like a country has to protect has to take care of its citizen in trouble. Because Daniel wasn't an obedient, obedient servant of God. Daniel right. obeyed God and did what was right. So God had to take care of Daniel in his situation. So that's not magic. That is God right. maintaining his word and God maintaining his servant. And this is a similar story to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Mm -hmm. Again, the king, they wanted him to, uh, wanted them to praise the statue mm -hmm. of the king. They said no. The king said, do it or I'm going to throw you into the fire. And they still said no. Mm -hmm. So he threw him into the fire. And an angel came mm -hmm. to save them. This is not magic. No. This is the supernatural power of, of, of God, of people who were walking with him. And so he's taking care of them. It's the same thing mm -hmm. with Daniel. The same exact thing. Yes, it is supernatural involvement. It's not magic. It's supernatural involvement, but it's coming from, like we talked about, where's the source coming from? Where is the plug plugged into? Is plugged into God's power, not the devil's God. playground, as you like to say. So the events in the Bible of these biblical characters having supernatural um, influence from God is not magic. There is a difference. And so these Christian witches that are using the Bible in, in, in uh, how do you say it, in justification of their... Evil, yeah. evil deeds, secret arts is totally, totally disrespectful to God's word. And so Christians need to be aware out there that this theology is coming up so they stand on guard against it. Yeah. You cannot call yourself a Christian witch. You can't not call yeah you can't call yourself a christian witch that that, that just blows you my mind you can't it's an oxymoron not a it, paradox it, an oxymoron it, it is uh so this goes back to something we mentioned last week the devil likes to use scriptures and twist them against people mm -hmm. this is another example of this right exactly here um we can't fall for it guys we cannot fall for this yeah because like we talked about earlier you don't want to open up a door for these evil spirits to reign in your life and wreak havoc because I've read so many stories of people who do different... I'll tell you this quick story. Um, I know someone who messed with a Ouija board. Oh, man. And so uh, they were at a party and they messed with a Ouija board. And so this person started having terrible night terrors at, you know, at her home when she would go to sleep and stuff. These terrible night terrors. And so her family, thankfully, were Christians and, you know, prayed that off of her. But think about all the people who didn't know the power of God that had to deal with with that open door of the spiritual world that we're attaching to these kids who oh, are now man. playing with. That's what I talked about. You don't know. You think it's innocent fun, 
but it has significant meaning behind the scenes. It does. Um, now, it is, I think, clear, this Christian witch stuff, this is a non-starter. This is not good. Um, but we as believers need to realize that there is a reason why this is growing in the United States. So, Aven, you found a, a, an interview from Wanda Alger, mm -hmm. Alger, I don't know, something, hopefully I didn't butcher that name entirely, uh, but she's a field correspondent with Intercessors for America and a pastor at the Crossroads Community Church in Winchester, Virginia. This comes from that Christian Post article we've been referencing, you know, this whole show. Um, but she says that the sad thing is that the millennials, I guess this is a young person phenomenon, this Christian witch stuff, but the sad thing is that these millennials who are exploring the dark side of the supernatural have more faith and belief than most Christians because they are open and spiritually hungry and the spirit realm responds. Do you understand how big that claim is? So the way I read it is saying that the Christians don't believe in about supernatural um, interference or the supernatural realm, but other people are, unbelievers are, but they're believing in the dark side of it. And we talked about this last week. I guess this shouldn't be so surprising to me anymore. What with the 40% of Christians who don't believe the devil's real? Hopefully people who've been mm -hmm. listening to this don't think that anymore. But I guess I guess this is not so surprising, even though it feels like it should be. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. But read the rest of it. it. It says the biggest hindrance to understanding the realities of the spirit realm is unbelief. There's so much that the Christian, you know, we talked about that the Christian has access to power. The reason why people turn to witchcraft is because they want, they want that supernatural inter, you know, interference. They want that supernatural miracle that, that comes true. So, you know, because you don't believe as a Christian, you don't believe because, you know, the Bible talks about you have to believe to receive. And yes. if you don't believe that's possible, you're not going to receive it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, but so people who are tapping into witchcraft, they believe in that, and so they're using those witchcraft practices and stuff to receive some some sort of whatever that they're looking for. And Christians need to stop thinking that the things of the spirit realm or the, you know that that just automatically demonic. You know, some people when you talk about spiritual realm, they automatically think demonic. No, God's a spirit, and He lives in the spiritual realm. It's just a matter of, are you using his steps to reach him? Right. So Christians need to open up their eyes. As I said last time, pull your head out of the sand. Yeah. And open up to receive the deeper knowledge of the word of God. I know we have so many things with science that tells us that there is no other realm, that there is no this, and they trust in that more than they do the word of God. And you're a scientist, and you said there's actually more facts that point to God than there are yeah, yeah. against him. And, and we will definitely do an episode about this <laughs> because it's something I'm very passionate about. Yeah, so I think I think first steps in doing a paradigm switch is you have to open up your 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 heart, your open up your mind to receive that super the supernatural realm is real and that that power can come into the physical realm. Don't automatically think it's not real. You no. know, we see it in other countries. Other countries believe it, but I've read that America or more of these the quote, West, the West. Yeah, yeah, we have a harder time receiving it because in Africa and those other parts that are quote unquote less civilized, they receive supernatural healing and stuff from God all the time quicker. Dreams, yeah. visions, yeah. But it's harder for us over here in the the West side because we have different factors of unbelief. We do. So we do, which is sad. Um, now we talked about one one last thing before we wrap this up. We have God on our side, right? So we don't need this witchcraft business. We don't need to be involved in the dark arts. We don't need to be patroning the devil's playground. Mm -hmm. We have something greater than all of that, and that's the Holy Spirit. Yes, we do. So the Holy Spirit leads us, guides us through life. We've given uh, a talk about why fear of the future shouldn't frighten us and how to overcome that, and it's all through the Holy Spirit. We don't need to develop potions. We don't need to seek ways to manipulate other people because God is working on our behalf. And we do not need to be communicating to the dead because we have the living Holy Spirit and we are in Christ. Exactly. And, um, you know, I found a story in Acts that speaks totally to this. And I've never, I, I never read this, or at least it didn't come to light until I studied this. Like we said earlier, you know, when the fall of man happened, man lost 
that spiritual connection. Yes. They lost that connection to the supernatural, which was God. And so they fell into connecting to the dark side of the supernatural. Yeah. But when Jesus came, he put everything back in order. He restored yes. everything back in order where now we can be forgiven of our sins and that the Holy Spirit can now live in us and we can have in us that contact of the supernatural realm where the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart and leads and guides you. And so there's a, I'm not going to read it just in all, just to save on time. But it talks about um, Acts 19 where, you know, Paul was on one of his mission trips and, you know, he, he changed the people, you know, the people got saved and he talks about that they got filled with the Holy Spirit. He, he, you know, that, you know, they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and further down the chapter, this is what came, this is what it said. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. They counted up the value of all of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. Now, in my research of trying to value how much that was, I found in an average between a bunch of numbers. I kept seeing a bunch of numbers, but I averaged it to $5.5 million. That's a lot. $5.5 million worth of paraphernalia, books, and whatever stuff. They burned it all. Why? Because they finally had the true source of power which they was did. god living on the inside of them they finally was complete just like it was when adam lived um without sin in perfect unity with god yep. they had received it back and so the 21st says so the word of the lord grew mightily and prevailed no longer did they need their secret arts no longer did they need magic they didn't need it all they had the right contact with the supernatural and were able to operate in it i mean i think that that sums it up beautifully and that's what christians still have today I yeah I agree that was an excellent way to to wrap this up so and so I, that finishes it yeah so. I, I yeah and this is only part one so right we're, we'll talk about we'll talk about witchcraft in the media next time yeah and witchcraft is a very deep 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 topic and we're really touching on the surface on the level surface. for people to be aware of this tricks and stuff. But yeah. I really hope our audience really listened and enjoyed listening to the Paradigm Switch podcast. You know, like I said earlier, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Please like us, follow us, tell us how we're doing and subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and give us a review. Let us know how we're doing. And we hope you join us next time. We're still continuing with our quote unquote Halloween themed episodes. And our next episode will just be continuing, continuing on with a discussion of witchcraft, modern day witchcraft part two. So join us next week.